We can have confidence in Christ. We do have confidence in Christ. And as we live by faith, we find that God faithfully works in our life. This morning, beginning a series, and there's an insert in the bulletin. Ultimately, can we trust God, Christ, Scripture? Faith versus apologetics. Can we explain God? It is, a, is it important for us to provide proof for creation? Does God explain himself? And some other questions on the one insert. We live in a world that is changing, and some people say it's getting worse, and I'm not debating that one way or the other. But can we trust God? Can we trust Christ? Can we trust Scripture? Are they sufficient for the world in which we live? A couple of thought questions as we begin. And if you are willing, you can respond. Do we lose young people due to their not being able to defend their faith? We are told that a large number of young people raised in Christian homes and in the church do not go on for God. My question, do we lose them due to their not being able to defend their faith? Or doesn't anyone want to venture an answer? Another one. Is faith built on a different foundation than reasons, evidence, and explanations? Do we want people, believers, to be able to explain their faith or to know God? You say, well, maybe both. But if you had to choose, which would you pick? Do all believers come to God by reasoning, explanation, evidence, or by faith? Think by faith. Think about those questions as we interact with Hebrews this morning. In weeks to come, we'll go to First Peter and some related passages. But we want to reflect some on Hebrews chapter 11. And as you think about Hebrews chapter 11, the context is always important. When you look at Scripture, suppose that you're going to go to a doctor and, and you've been told that you need to have your gallbladder removed. And the doctor says to you, I want you to know that before I perform surgery, all I know is gallbladder. That's all I've studied. I know nothing else about the body. I don't care about blood pressure. I don't care about your heart. I don't care about your lungs. I don't care about any other part of your body. I'm just concerned about your gallbladder. Would you let him operate? You probably would say, no way. I see a thumb going down. Why? Because the gallbladder is related to everything else in the body. And if someone's going to remove the gallbladder, you want them to know the context of your body. And as you read Scripture, context is important. And as we think about Hebrews 11, what I call the hero chapter, the faith chapter, the larger context is Christ is better than Moses, Aaron, the prophets, and so on. And genuine faith perseveres. And you'll find that in chapter 1, 1 through 14, The greatness of Christ is brought out. He's creator. 
He's the exact representation of the Father and so on. We find then the cost of redemption in chapter 2, 5 through 18. And think about the cost of redemption. Here we have the Creator coming to live as a creature. Christ as Creator coming to live as a creature, taking upon Himself human form, living in a womb for nine months, getting tired and getting hungry and so on. Costly. Chapter 4, 1 through 13 emphasizes rest through faith in Christ. And there's many passages in Hebrews that talk about just the whole issue of faith in Christ. That's a bigger, bigger context of Hebrews. In the more immediate context of Hebrews 11, in chapter 9, the cost of sacrifice in the Old Testament is mentioned. I dare you to do this sometime. If you're reading through the Old Testament, every time it's mentioned how many animals were sacrificed, write the number down. And so many thousand are mentioned by number, plus multitude of thousands more. Cost. But also the cost in the sacrifice of Christ. The one who hung on the cross was the Son of God. He was hung on a cross made out of timber, timber that he created. Hung on the cross by those that were his creatures. For Christ to humble himself and come to this earth was costly. In Hebrews 10, 1 through 18, in the immediate context is the sacrifice is completed, it's done. Can't do any more. Nothing more can be done. Totally, completely done. Then in chapter 10, 19 through 39, a warning, excuse me, is listed. In light of what Christ has done, in light of your freedom to enter into the Holy of Holies. He says, beware that you don't go on deliberately sinning. The theme in Hebrews, or some themes in Hebrews, Christ was willing to sacrifice himself. Why? To be obedient to his Father. He knew his Father the heart of his father, there was a relationship. And that is very, very critical in Hebrews. The fact that Jesus was willing to be obedient to his father, but there was a relationship in eternity past. And God knew that, or Jesus knew that he could trust his father. There was implicit faith on the part of Jesus in his father. Also, Genuine, and there's a word missing there, genuine faith perseveres. Genuine faith perseveres. I invite you to take your Bibles and turn to Hebrews chapter 10. I want to read verses 32 through 39 just to show the faith that was evident on the part of people to whom the writer 
is addressing himself. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 32. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you stood your ground in great contest in the face of suffering. Some of you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You sympathized with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. Publicly exposed to insult, persecution, sympathized with those in prison, in prison because of their faith, joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property. These people are going through difficulty. They had faith. They had confidence in God. And their faith trumped insult and persecution and prison and confiscation of their property. Verse 35, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. Christ modeled faith in his Father. The saints here in Hebrews chapter 10 are modeling faith in God. Why? Because of Christ. They knew Christ. They knew God. There was a faith, a confidence in Christ. In Habakkuk chapter 2, 3 and 4, we find that Habakkuk, or God mentions Habakkuk's writing that the just shall live by faith. And keep in mind in Habakkuk that Habakkuk begins with Habakkuk complaining to God. Basically, God, I've seen violence, I've seen wickedness, I've seen all kinds of evil in Judah. How long is this going to continue? And God's response to Habakkuk is, till Babylon comes along and takes Judah captive. Well, then Habakkuk comes back to God and says, God, how can a nation more evil than Judah be used by you to discipline us? And that's when God says to Habakkuk, the just will live by faith. You take me at my word. Don't argue. Don't fuss. Just trust me. So Habakkuk had to wait for the Babylonian captivity to take place some 70 years. And he wasn't around by the time it was all fulfilled. But he says at the end of the book, though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes in the vines, Though the olive crop fails and the field produces no food, there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Habakkuk is saying, I have faith. And when you read Hebrews 10, and verse 38, but my righteous one will live by faith, a quote from Habakkuk 2. And verse 4. That lays the groundwork for Hebrews 11. Faith in Christ is central 
in Hebrews 10, 26 through 39. Not reasons, not evidence, not explanation, not defense, just faith. I invite you to turn to Hebrews 11 as we read through Hebrews chapter 11 together. And those of you who are involved in reading can stand where you are and read the appropriate verses. And as we read through Hebrews 11, I want you to look for one word. That word is faith. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe, universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, he still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had forsaken him. Or for God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because everyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead, and figuratively speaking, he did not receive Isaac back from death. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. 
by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the birth of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions about his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king either. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God, rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt, because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw he was invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. What more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David and Samuel, and the prophets who, through faith, conquered kings, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, <coughs> the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and whose became powerful in battle, and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskin and goatskin, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in the desert and mountains, living in caves. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Since yet God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Thank you, JT, Alan, and Aaron, and JT, I owe you an apology. I motion for you to start reading. I was to have read through verse 7. He was to pick up with verse 8. I stopped with verse 6. So I'm sorry, JT. You forgive me? Okay, thank you. As we think about Hebrews 11, what is the central theme in the chapter? Faith. Faith. Now get that in your mind. Faith is the central theme. Faith in God. For the readers of Hebrews, faith in Christ. A faith that enabled the people to respond as they did in chapter 11. What is faith? What is faith? It's mentioned 26 times in the chapter. Faith seems to be a willingness to take God at his word and not argue. Whether there's explanations, whether there is 
a reason. Faith takes God at his word and acts because faith knows the character of God. See, faith is not blind. Faith knows the character, the identity, the being of Christ, the being of God. Thus it acts even though it cannot see because it trusts. Three men in the book of Daniel who went into the fiery furnace, they knew God, they had confidence in God. Therefore they said to the king, you may throw us into the furnace, but we will not deny God. And they knew that God could deliver them, but they didn't know that he would. There was simple faith. To illustrate faith, I need a volunteer. And before you volunteer, I will tell you, you have to take my word at this. There's stuff in here that you like to eat. There's stuff in here that can be spent. And there's some other stuff that you may enjoy. Any volunteers? Okay, Micah. You may not see what is in here. You just may reach your hand in. And do you trust that what I said is true? So you think there's something good in here to eat, some, something you could spend? And Okay, reach in. You may grab more than one item. What do you have? Hershey kisses. You got some Hershey kisses. After church, you may come and get the rest of this. There's a bunch of change in there that he can spend and some pens. So you may sit down now, but wait till after church to eat them. Now, what did Micah do? He exercised faith. He believed what I said, and he reached in there. I could have had a bunch of manure in there, you know. But see, there's faith. The people in Hebrews chapter 11, God wanted them to respond And they responded because they knew God. They knew his character. They knew Christ. And they responded accordingly, just by faith, due to confidence in the person. What is the reason for faith? In light of the context of Hebrews, the reason for faith is God, is Christ. There's a confidence in God. There's a confidence in Christ. There's no explanations. They trust God. Why would someone allow their property to be confiscated? Because he had faith in Christ. They're looking for something better. Why would someone go into prison? Because of their faith. Because they're looking for something better. They had faith. They had confidence in God. We should seek God in Christ alone. We should seek Christ. He revealed God. In Him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Him, in Christ, dwells the fullness of deity in bodily form. We have reason to have confidence in God. A father can take a small child and set them up in some high spot and say, jump. And I think 100% of the time, the child, when they're small enough, will not say, dad. Now, how, how much do you weigh? How many weights have you been lifting? Have you been doing your exercises? 
You really think you can handle this? None of them are asked. The child jumps. Why? There's a confidence in dad. Faith jumps when God says, jump. Why? There's a confidence in God. Faith is demonstrated by taking God at his word and acting without reason, without explanation, without seeing the outcome, in obedience even to death. Look at verse 22 of Hebrews 11. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt, and he gave instructions about his bones. Joseph was about to die, and he tells them, Take my bones when you leave Egypt. But there was 400 years of slavery coming. But what did Joseph do? Joseph spoke of that which is over 400 years away because he had confidence, he had faith in what God had told to Abraham. Abraham was told by God, you will go to a country and you will live there for an extended period of time and then you will return. Joseph acted by faith. See, the key is knowing God. Knowing Christ. Experiencing God. Experiencing Christ. There's a confidence in their being, in their character, in who they are as individuals. Not a confidence in explanations, but a confidence in God. Look at verse 7. By faith, know and warned about things not yet seen. In holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By faith, he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness that comes by faith. The flow of Scripture seems to indicate that there was probably no rain before the flood. Noah's being asked by God, being told by God to build an ark. And the text here says, clearly, when warned about things not yet seen. Never been a flood. What is a flood? What did Noah do? He obeyed. Look at verse 32. What more shall I say? I do not have time to tell you about Gideon. Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouth of lions, quenched the fury of flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness turned out was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. How? By faith. They took God at his word and acted. But God, tell me, show me. They just acted because they knew God. 
they responded accordingly. Look at Hebrews 12 and verse 1. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and I think the cloud of witnesses is the, or, yeah, the individuals listed in chapter 11. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance a race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scoring its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Look at the witnesses in chapter 11 and persevere. The call to action is based upon a cloud of witnesses who live by faith, not by reason. Not by explanation, not by defense. Hey, Noah, what are you doing? And building an ark. Well, what's an ark? It's this big boat. What are you going to do with a big boat? Well, I guess boats are to protect you when there's a lot of water. (laughs) A lot of water? We only got rivers and so on. Dew comes. You're building a boat for what reason? God told me to build a boat. Do you have any other reasons? God told me to build a boat. Ten years later, they come back to Noah and say, Noah, you're still at that stupid task. Ten years have passed. Why are you doing this? God told me to build a boat. God told me to do this. Ten years more pass, and they come back to Noah again and say, Noah, you're still at that stupid boat. You've been at this for 50 years now. Nothing has changed. Why are you doing it? God told me to. You really think God knows what he's doing? Yes. I have confidence that God knows what he's doing. I will keep building. Did Noah have an explanation in light of the text of Genesis? No. He obeyed what God said. He didn't know all that was coming. He did not see it. In verse 1, it talks about throwing off the sin that so easily entangles. It seems in the context of the passage that the sin so easily entangles is none other than a lack of faith. Reasons, explanations, and defense may actually hinder faith. I think of a young man years ago to whom I had interacted with and I knew him and he kept saying to me, but I I need explanations, I need reasons, you need to explain this. If I can't understand it, I'm not going to believe. i got to have these explanations. And I said to the young man, I'm sorry, I can't give you any full explanations as you want. There's some things said in Scripture and I shared them, but he says, that's not enough. I need to know more before I will believe. I said, it's an issue of faith in God. He said, I can't have faith in God if I can't explain him and understand more. To this day, that young man who is not quite as young is still far away from God because 
He wants explanations. He wants reasons rather than faith in God. How quick we are to want to see the end before we respond. And the writer of Hebrews says, let us throw off everything that so easily hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. A lack of faith. People in chapter 11 took God at his word. Perservation is due to faith, not answers, reasons, or evidence. And I'm not saying evidence and reasons and answers are all wrong, but it begins with faith. He exhorts people to live by faith. See, Jesus took God, his Father, at his word and acted. If you want an example, follow him. Father, if it be possible, remove this cup from me as he is praying in the garden. There was no other alternative. Christ acted by faith and went to the cross. He didn't need an explanation. He entrusted himself to his Father and acted. I'm reminded of what a doctor told me years ago. Sometime after I had my skull tumor removed, I went to the doctor and he was very blunt. He said, this is something you'll live with, live with the rest of your life. You'll never get over it. You'll live with the results. I said, okay, fine. He said something else. He said, I'm telling you now, If you don't exercise vigorously to keep your lungs healthy, you'll probably die very quickly. I said, okay. Didn't ask him any reasons or anything. I just walked out of the office and I began to jog. What did I do? I exercised faith in that doctor. And when I had my gallbladder, not gallbladder, I was on that earlier. When I had my hernia surgery... About a year and a half ago, and I didn't jog for half a year, I realized that what he said was true. During those six months of not exercising my lungs vigorously, I lost tremendous capacity and so on in my lungs. God says, I want you to respond. But God, trust me, respond. See, faith acts due to a relationship with God, with Christ. There is a confidence in their being, their character. Thus, there is no demand for explanations and reasons and evidence seeing the end result. No one in Hebrews 11 demanded an explanation or to see the end. They just obeyed. And he calls us to live in that way. In chapter 12. Not that explanations and reasons are wrong, but God usually doesn't give them. At the root of costly faith is a knowledge of and experience of God, Christ, and their character, their being, their identity. 
there's a confidence in them that requires no explanation. But God, I need an explanation. I'm not giving you one. Act. Trust me. Just as Micah reached his hand, believing that there was some candy and some money and some pens in here, we reach into God's word and we act in light of what he says, even if there's no reason or explanation given. There's absolutely nothing in Hebrews 11 in the context about defending one's faith, giving reasons, providing evidence, but a strong focus on the full surrender to God with no explanation needed. That kind of blows you away. It's just faith. When God speaks, I act. I don't see the end. Faith doesn't demand to see the end. The final conclusion or statement. It seems our children, our teens, our young adults don't need more reasons, explanations, evidence, but to know and experience God in their character, their being, and their identity. This is why the Old Testament is so vital and the Gospels are so vital. Experiencing God, Christ, means one doesn't need reasons and evidence or explanation. They just need to know. God. Those of you who are older, over 60 for this morning, if you are walking by faith, you take God at His word and you act on His word, that's what our young people, our teens and our children need to see older saints and their parents taking God at his word and acting. So that when they're sitting in a college classroom and the college prof is belittling the Christian faith and so on, they get out of class and they say, there's something not right here. I'm going to call Jane Killian because she has walked with God for years. I'm going to call my mom and dad. They walked with God for years. And I have more confidence in them than the professor because they have walked with God and they have demonstrated a deep, deep confidence in God. And they go back to the professor and the professor says, do you have any reasons or explanations? I don't have a lot of reasons or explanations, but I know two dozen people that have walked with God for years and they have something you don't have. I'll believe them before I'll believe you by faith. So we close our service. Let's sing together as Travis comes to lead us.